Good morning, everyone. This is Dharma Espresso. First, I would like to thank you for praying for the end of the wildfire in the Anaheim Hills area. Instead of moving south and destroying more homes, the fire has stopped. The wind turned the fire around and prevented it from burning more. We were very lucky. Still, hundreds of homes had been evacuated, especially from the Anaheim Hills area. At least safety has overcome danger and security has replaced terror. Such is the state of Southern California. Northern California had it much worse. There were fires in Sonoma County, Napa Valley, and Sonoma Valley. The fire there was even more ferocious. Over 20,000 people had to evacuate. Hundreds of homes burned down to the ground, and thousands were damaged. The cost of the damage is enormous, and many people are suffering. Therefore, we should pray. We should always think about these suffering people. We should transfer our merits from praying and cultivating to these people. If you know what the county needs, then you should help. You can either donate money or be there to help. You can help with the cleanup or whatever help would reduce their suffering, not just praying. Today, I will talk about the last line of the salutation part of the Great Compassion Mantra, the paying homage portion. In Pali, it's Mahakaru Nikaya, or the phonetic translation is Mohutyalunityaye. This line means we pay homage to the Great Compassionate One, the One that has great compassion. What is the heart of compassion? The heart of compassion has ten minds. Number one, the mind of the great compassion. It's the boundless and limitless love. Number two, the mind of equality. It's the mind that sees everything and everyone with a calm and peaceful heart. Number three, the mind of the non-doing. Non-doing is not creating more karma. Our perspective and our mind are always serene. We don't create more karma. Number four, the undefiled mind. It's a mind that does not want to take, to possess, to attain, or to satisfy anything. Number five, the mind of seeing emptiness. It's the mind that recognizes the empty or non-dual characteristic of the true mind. Number six, the mind of respect. It's the mind that always being respectful of others. Number seven, the mind of humility. It's the mind that's always humble, putting ourselves in a lower position instead of being arrogant and putting ourselves above others. Number eight, the unconfused mind. It's the mind that is not confused and scattered. Every day, our mind stays on the cultivation path, with the aspiration for practice without distraction. If our mind is scattered, skipping around from topic to topic, then we can't see our lives as purpose. Number nine, the mind of the non-covetous view. When you see something, you want to get it. While driving, if you see a beautiful house, then you want to buy it, own it. When you look at a delicious dish, you want to eat it. Covetous view is to see and wanting to possess. Number 10. The mind of the unsurpassed Bodhi. It's the mind that continually transcends towards enlightenment. 
It's a mind that always directs towards meditation and unfoldment. These ten minds intertwine to define Mahakarunikaya. At the initial stage, when we cultivate, sometimes we don't see these ten minds right away. But we should eventually manifest these characteristics of great compassion in our daily lives. That is our responsibility to the way we live. Sometimes we only think about having more money, being more affluent, and don't feel that living means to be more open. To unfold these ten minds such as the mind of the non-covetous view, the humble mind, the respectful mind. The act of opening these characteristics is Mahakarunikaya. Maha means great. It's about unfolding and being open and unobstructed without grasping at anything. A little child was asking his grandmother, Grandma, I know that I attend school and get good grades, but is there anything else I can do to make you happier? This child had parents, but because his birth sign was not very auspicious, his parents had him live with his grandmother. His grandmother said, If you have good grades, then keep it up. Be always diligent. The child continued to work hard every day to keep up his good grades. A few months later, Grandma, I have been maintaining my good grades. They are now stable. His grandmother said, That's great, but do you have time to play with other kids? No, Grandma. You told me to be diligent and study hard, so I don't have time to play with other kids. His grandmother said, Now that you are diligent, you should find just one friend and hang out with him, talk to him. A few months later, he was still studying hard and also had a friend. They studied together and helped each other. Then he said, Grandma, now I only have six months more of school. I see that my friend has helped me a lot and your advice was great. You told me to pick one friend to hang out with, and this one sure helps me study. His grandmother smiled and said, That's right. You're very smart. You study hard. You have a friend who helps you to study, and not the kind that only hangs out around for fun. You are very bright. So what do I do now, Grandma? I already am studying diligently. I already have a friend who is helping me with school. So what should I do next? Now you and your friend spend a little more time to see if any other friends need help. Then you tutor them. If you are smart, you go with your friend and not by yourself. The two of them talked it out to find a way. They didn't know who would need tutoring so they posted a note on the bulletin board asking if anyone needs help with math. It turned out there were four kids that needed tutoring, so the two of them tutored the four kids. His grandmother advised that he should allow only a certain amount of time for tutoring. It is an ideal story. This child had his grandmother direct him toward the path of studying and sharing his knowledge with others, instead of being scattered and unfocused. Therefore, not only does he still do well in school, but he can also share his knowledge. This story has special meaning because when you recite Mahakurunikaya, when you say you are unfolding your compassion or want to cultivate, there's an essential underlying method. It's called management. Manage your emotions and time in such a way that you can share your compassion. In this story, the kid's grandmother has management skills and teaches him how to focus and doesn't get scattered. At this stage, to express compassion is to share the knowledge, the intelligence, and the wisdom with other kids. Each of us has our way of expressing compassion by different means and in various forms. Showing compassion is not always saying, I love you. 
There are many ways to express loving kindness. The wisdom is how to transform continually and to follow our current path. That is real greatness. Today, I hope you will have an espresso day with awakening and much happiness. Thank you.